are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Big Ten. Thanks for making the show your first listen every single weekday, Monday through Friday, alongside Matt Sheehan of Locked On Spartans. I'm Nate Dickinson. On today's show, we got a lot to get into, a whole lot with basketball offseason stuff still going on with all the things that end up coming out with people making up stuff to do now that the season's over. But we got national title odds. That's real stuff. That's real money stuff we can talk about later. But then also we're going to get into the Michigan State basketball recruits here right now with our Locked On Spartans host. Before we do any of that, Matt, you got an alumni playing in the Masters this weekend, James Pyatt, and he's playing alongside a really cool couple of guys, too. It's awesome just to be able to have that kind of a rooting interest in a tournament that I feel like everybody's watching already anyway, to be honest. Yeah, it's like I'm living a fever dream right now because I, I nerd out over the Masters big time. Like, I'm a huge golf dweeb, everything like that. And then when you tie in a Spartan playing in this event and James Pyatt, who got his way into this Masters by winning last year's U.S. Amateur event, and now just paired up with, oh, you know, the, the reigning champion, Hideki Matsuyama, uh, just some guy named Justin Thomas. And, you know, it's not like he was golfing behind Tiger Woods on Thursday or anything. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was the group right behind him. Imagine just, like waiting for a green to clear and it's like god will this tire guy just hurry the f up like it isn't like th- that's got to be insane and on top of all that you're just you know hitting every single shot in front of a few hundred if not thousand fans any given hole so yeah unbelievable to see him little rocky start on thursday nine over but um yeah it's augusta from the tips like i would be nine over after probably the first hole and i think a lot of people listening would too so listen it's it's not you know a score that's gonna put the green jacket on him but hey man it's anything below 50 over par in my book at augusta wildly impressive so yeah good good on james and it's been awesome to see him play and hey hopefully he can uh have a good few a uh, few good moments on friday but i will say this i i'll hog the mic for, for this because i'm i'm big on, on pushing agendas here the 15th hole on thursday he got a birdie what did Tiger Woods got in the 15th hole, Nate? A par. That's right. So if not for nothing, James <laughs> Pyatt has Tiger Woods number on a hole at Augusta National. So if you look, you looked at all 18. Fun with that. that was is that the only one? It's, it's, it's the only one. It's, it's the only one that I'm aware of. But hey, Friday's about to start. We got a fresh 18 coming up. That's 18 more chances to push as many agendas as possible. So we'll be on high alert today. High alert. I mean, you had him on the show earlier this week. You can go over and, of course, listen to Locked On Spartans and see yeah. that conversation that they had. I, I mean, if you get a chance to talk to him again, you got to ask him. It's got to be so weird because you mentioned he played behind Tiger yesterday. He's in front of Tiger yeah. today. Yesterday, he's getting ready to play while everyone's leaving. <laughs> I mean, right. you, you think about the crowds, and now he's going to get to I play know. in front of a huge crowd because everyone's obviously going to be there ahead of Tiger. So you get to kind of a really weird best of both worlds here i gotta be really interesting to at least see what that's like but again it seems like this may be the last day for him at augusta but obviously just really cool to have him in that tournament and doing what he does right and he's also got the u.s open coming up as well and then maybe the british open it depends if he goes pro or stays amateur all that good stuff but yeah, hey, if anyone wants to listen to it, it was last Monday's show on Lockdown Spartans. He's a super down-to-earth guy, uh, really awesome to talk to, which, I, you know, I, I interviewed him a while back after he won the USAM, and I was a little, like, 
curious how that would go because golfers, hey, we're usually stiff people. And also, you know, he's a college kid, so he's not used to be in front of the media. But like, honestly, one of my favorite interviews to do, he's always, uh, you know, down to clown, but also give us really good insight on everything going on in his life. So yeah, it's uh, go back and, and listen to that from, from Monday. Locked on Spartans, baby. Here we go. Just had to plug that. Yeah. We know everyone will be watching just because everyone's watching that tournament right now with everything that's going on yeah. around it. We got to get into basketball stuff though here, Matt. It, it was not too long ago that now Gabe Brown has declared for the NBA yep. draft. You mentioned before we got into things. He's not the only one. Marcus Bingham also gone. At least it, you can, I mean, I guess you could tell us more. Are, are these guys gone, sure. gone? Are they possibly coming back? What's the situation with uh, at least right now the two most important players who have declared for the draft yeah, it, it's the fun time in the offseason. So MSU had three seniors that could use another year of eligibility due to COVID. It's Gabe Brown, Marcus Bingham, just like you said. Uh, those guys are gone, 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 gone. Like they, they're, they're not coming back. Now the third guy, Joey Hauser, who started last season really rocky, and that was off the tail end of a junior season that kind of ended not so great, really turned it around in the last 17 games of the season, shot 46% from three at the tail end. So a guy that was, hey, I, I'll, I'll say it, like kind of a liability on the court in the first half of the season, really became a good asset and was quite literally the reason we won the first NCAA tournament game against Davidson with his, was it like 27 or 28 points or whatever it was. So now, first half of the season, it's like, oh, this guy's good. I, I can't wait for this guy to leave, quite frankly. And now, after the second half of the season, it's like, oh, hey, do you mind coming back? That'd be awesome if you could come back because no, it's not like he's going to be an NBA player, but professional ball is professional ball. If you play overseas in Europe, that's still a nice career to have. I mean, that's, Hey, I'm, I'm not sneezing at that at all. So, but Hey, if he can come back from Michigan state, which he did speak with Wisconsin media, because that's where he's from. He said that he talked to his brother who was doing the whole pro hoops thing. And his brother, Sam Hauser said, I think you should stay in college for another year. He's going to come back to Michigan State soon to sit down and talk with the coaching staff. And they, I, quite frankly, they, they have the spot for him. It's right there. He plays the four. Malik Hall plays the four. That's pretty much it for your true fours right now. So, yeah, it would be awesome if we can get this guy back who's a good 20 to 25-minute guy. And a guy that's even higher than 25 to tw 20 to 25 minutes. Freshman Max Christie, he did declare for the NBA draft, said he's going to maintain his college eligibility. I think that's a 50-50 coin toss. When he announced, me and everyone else is like, yeah, okay, he's, he's going to come back. He's just going to get feedback and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But as time's gone on, it's like, well, he could grade in the first round, even though the second half of his season is not too great, especially for a five-star. You'd hope to get more production out of him. But, hey, at the end of the day, if he's going to get a first-round grade, tough to say no to that. And it's all going to depend on what grade he gets because no, no matter what mock draft, you pick it's going to be all over the board. I've seen him as high as 20. I've seen him as like low as like somewhere in the fifties, if not undraftable. So it's uh, very fascinating to see where he's going to land. So that's uh, the rundown of the four folks on Michigan state's basketball roster that have uh, decisions to make. Two of them already made it. Two of them still got to make them. Yeah. It's a long list of players to try and go through. Not uncommon in the big 10, but Hey, let's sure. start with the guys who are out already. Uh, you got Brown, you got Bingham. With those two, just remind us what exactly uh, the books on them are as far as just NBA prospects. Yeah, Gabe Brown's probably your only shot, and he's floating somewhere around like the 
mid forties at best. And then undraftable. Like that's, I think where I see most of it is like in the high fifties to undraftable, but I mean, Hey, it seems like almost more and more as the years go on, more and more guys go pro like now, whether that means like they have NBA hopes or they quite simply just want to like play in Germany or Italy or China or something like that. Like, Hey, like sometimes you're just done with college. Right. I mean, or if you want to just go give it a run in the G league, see if you can get anything out of there. I mean, yeah, that's, that's kind of what these guys are going for. I don't know what Marcus Bingham's plans are as far as professional ball goes, but yeah, I'm sure he'll stick wherever he can start making some money overseas. But yeah, I think for these guys, this is a long four years at Michigan state. And I know every program had to go through COVID. I know Michigan state isn't special in this, but the last two years were not just great from Michigan state perspective either. And those guys were shouldered with a lot of responsibility this year. And I, probably just burnt out at this point because uh hey listen i love tom Izzo, but it cannot be easy playing for him for four years especially when the last two years aren't necessarily up to that michigan state standard of competing for big 10 titles so yeah i think after four years which probably felt like eight years to them it's probably time to go it's time to go yeah so when you're talking about a guy like brown who is someone that a team could potentially use a pick on what is it as in his game that translates you're getting three and D that's it. And yeah. it, it's a streaky three point shot at the start of the season, like a really great three point shooter. And then he had like a little 10, 12 game lull. And then at the end of the season, last 10 games for him, he was great. His defense is always there. However, the, the mark against him is going to be, he, he can't dribble a basketball, which in the game of basketball seems to be a little important, right? Like over his four years at Michigan state, like I, I would say like the improvement was minuscule, but I don't know if there was improvement <laughs> to be honest, as far as dribbling goes. So, but Hey, I listen, it's the NBA. You could always use a spot shooter, uh, a guy at the defensive end. And also he's just a freak athlete as well. And his motor is always very high. You never question Gabe Brown's effort or his energy level. So that's the pros, but yeah, the, the con is like not really going to create his own shot, not going to slash through the lane at all. Unless, well, it's, it's a fast break. He's very excited on the fast break. So that's another pro for him. But yeah, that, that's why he would probably be so low, if not nearing the undraftable straight to the G League status right there. Um, that's 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 got to be the, the short and long of it for, for old Gabe Brown. It's funny how, I mean, college basketball players are obviously great at basketball, but yeah. some of those differences that just are, are so simple, like it just not really you can hide it at the college level. You can hide the fact right. that Gabe Brown isn't able really to dribble the basketball, not in the NBA. Right. Every single one of those guys is at the point right. where they're going to be able to take advantage of that and absolutely destroy it. I know. I One year I'll come around to it all, but like, yeah, it just still blows my mind that like you could just be dominant in college. Right. And then like the pros want nothing to do with you. Like Cassius Winston, for example, he was a second round draft pick. Aaron Henry last year, single handedly beat, three top five teams to drag MSU into the tournament and he goes undrafted. Like, and it's, it's crazy. Like I get why like his three point shots kind of faltering, you know, his his dribbling is not up to NBA standards, but still it's like, this guy was just so effing good. Like how is it? So yeah, that's just a, you gotta have everything. You can't be bad at anything. I know. And you can be elite at college because you can be elite at the 90, five percent right. of things and then you just get yeah. to the pros and it, it's it's over oh you can't dribble get out of here oh you can't yeah 
or just or or it's something as simple as oh you're not seven feet tall your game doesn't work here anymore exactly because <laughs> like you know it's guys like kofi coburn or hunter dickinson like dickinson he, he can't defend the pick and roll to save his life like kofi coburn can't step out further than like what 10 12 feet but they do everything else pretty well but yeah that's probably enough for them to probably come back to college next year for another yeah. year for those guys which is just crazy to me I mean, it's but hey that's that's the way the world works in the nba and i get yeah, maybe, it maybe maybe even it. more surprising than the number of big 10 players who are just impressively going to be drafted are the number of guys yeah. who are just superstars who are going to be coming right. back potentially i mean talk about like kofi coburn or someone like trace jackson davis with indiana yeah. who's just like yeah i'm expecting to see them i mean not not primetime draft picks but like those are names sure. where like if they show up in the 40s or late 30s i'm just like yeah that's fine that's good. That's the right. number they can go. Yeah. But it's just you forget about the difference between the game they're playing and the game that has to be played at that yeah. NBA level. It's so, 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 so different and more precise. I know. It's yeah. nuts. It's nuts. Yeah, I get it, but I don't get it. And I'll just keep saying, yeah. Like, All right. In a minute, we're going to come back, talk a little bit on next year's basketball schedule. What are the title odds for all the Big Ten teams? We'll get into it with Matt. It was something he talked about earlier on Locked On Spartans for Michigan State. We'll dive into the whole conference in just a second on Locked On Big Ten. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Built Bar. Built Bar is the place to go for all of your protein needs. You already know that, whether it be the classic Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or their new Built Puffs, marshmallows. You can just pop right into your mouth to get your protein fix for the day. Whether it's to get you through your workout or just through the workday, Built Bar can be the one to help you do it with all the flavors that you love and the nutrition that you need with none of that stuff that you don't. We're talking about 15 grams of protein with less than 5 grams of net carbs and sugars, less than 150 calories in almost every bar, and 100% pure chocolate in all the bars too. It's again the protein bar that looks and tastes like a candy bar. If you want to try it out, do it with a little bit of extra cash on us. Use our code LOCKED15 at Built.com to get 15% off your order. It's LOCKED15 at Built.com for 15% off. Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten alongside Matt Sheehan of Locked On Spartans. I'm Nate Dickinson. We're talking national title odds for what's now the 2023 basketball season is what they're calling it, or I guess the 2023 title game it'll be is we look at all of the teams that are going to be going into next year. It's kind of one theme around the big 10 is that when you have a lot of star players, as it did this season, you're going to lose a lot of really, really good players. And as a result of that uh, big 10, not having a really, really great showing here, Matt, we counted them up. It was 11 teams that are at least right now, before you hear any big 10s team name, as far as title odds go, according to bet online, why, I mean, it's in court it's hand in hand with what we've talked about earlier in the week about a way too early top 25s that are coming out big 10 teams aren't getting anywhere in the top 10 right now is there a team that at least the way it looks right now you think could be there where's michigan state in all this right now as they come in as the fourth or i guess tied for third best title odds in the conference what's the status of the future of the big 10 at least immediate future this next season yeah, so what we're looking at Michigan with the best odds amongst Big Ten teams, eighteen to one, and then Purdue's next up at forty to one, and then you got three teams tied at sixty-six to one: Indiana, Michigan State, Ohio State. Like that's 
that's really bad. That's, that's not good. And I don't know if this is obviously a lot of this has to do with great players leaving the conference, but also is, is like Vegas starting to come around and realize that I'm sorry. I hate to say this on lockdown big 10 and I hate to say it as a fan of a big 10 team, but like big 10's kind of not great in the whole tournament thing. Right. <laughs> this is the ooh, second year in a row. They've had some really good teams and they've, kind of stunk up the place once uh, the tournament rolls around. So I don't know if this is like just Vegas correcting itself on top of good players leaving, but yeah, I listen, I, it, it's the basic thing to say that, you know, the number one team, Michigan probably makes the most sense just because they're probably the most stable. I mean, listen, Purdue's next up at 40 to one. They lost all their perimeter players. Oh yeah. And Travion Williams, like Indiana, a lot of that's going to be contingent on whether Trace Jackson Davis leaves. I know that they've had some transfers as well. No one really like notable, no one, you know, world being leaving Indiana, but also Ohio State at 66 to one odds as well. Like Brandon's probably gone. EJ Liddell, I, I believe is definitely gone. Like, yeah. what does that team look like now? So of course that leads me to the fifth team, my own team. I'm going to hog up some more airspace talking about the Michigan State basketball Spartans. And it's a fascinating conundrum. I think 66 to one, if you're a betting man is pretty good value because I think the odds only get better if, Let's say Max Christie comes back or let's say they go get, you know, a good transfer like Jalen Bridges out of West Virginia. If you want me to throw out a name, I, I don't think Michigan state's odds get worse than 66 to one. And also in the grand scheme of things like this big 10 season coming up is going to be competitive, not good, but competitive. There's going to be a lot of teams that are just okay. Maybe good. Just beat each other. Can you get to the top there though? Let's say that Michigan state does good enough to get like third, second, first in the big 10 and like that, that's going to be an okay seating come March, maybe like a three seed or a four seed. I don't know. And 66 seems pretty steep because right now I think Michigan state is probably one of those teams that are just outside the top 25 last year. They were just outside the top 25 as well. And they started the season, I believe at 24 to one odds. So it's like, yeah, you're kind of in the same pecking order in the grand scheme of things as the start of the season goes, but your odds are way different, but yeah. And also, also, Sorry, I forgot to mention the biggest part of my thesis is like a lot of teams around the conference are replacing a lot of big players, a lot of minutes. Michigan State returns maybe if not the most, one of the most minutes of, as far as production goes in the conference. So, yeah, 66 to one. Ah, just throw two bucks out there. Win yourself $132 and buy yourself a few beers at uh, the ballpark this year. Yeah. It's really interesting when you think of it in the way of – Right now, 66 to one could easily be, as you said, a three or four seed in the NCAA tournament, because yeah. that sounds a lot better than the number. <laughs> just, sure. I mean, just to put it that way. And I mean, I, I guess we could I have to look back and see exactly where like three and four seeds were at as far as odds going into this tournament. I imagined it mm -hmm. would be shorter than that. It, least by a little bit but i don't know exactly if there's anyone who's a smart bet right now i think another really good point is that yeah the big 10 in general you said michigan state but the big 10 in general i don't think like you said michigan state's not going below 66 to 1 i think that's going to be the case with a lot of big 10 teams as they do go through this transfer portal and we do find out okay is kofi coburn coming back is trace jackson davis coming back i do think these numbers go up but not by a lot and yeah yeah i'm sorry go i was just gonna say the, the only team that could probably even like lose 
odd places it is Michigan because I, I think that this is factoring in that Dickinson comes back, Musa Diabate comes back, Caleb Houston comes back. If, if let's say two of those guys decide to leave, then like, okay, I don't think you're going to get 18 to one anymore. You're probably plummeting to like probably Purdue's lane, like 40 to one, something like that. But so that that's the only one I'd maybe wait and see where, where that goes, because I don't think it's going to get any higher than 18 to one. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Are there any long shots that interest you? It, it, starting, I guess, Michigan State's, I think, where we left off. Ohio State and Indiana are both at 66 to 1. Wisconsin's at 80 right now. Yeah. Illinois also at 80. Iowa's when we get up to 100 alongside Rutgers and then going down more and more. Maryland's at 150 at the moment. I'm looking just straight at the bet online page right now and scrolling. And then. Penn State Minnesota at 501. Yeah. Does that do anything for you? Or, uh, or yeah. n- no? <laughs> um, Minnesota would, 501 yeah, too. If, if I'm pulled into a dark alley and held at gunpoint in the weirdest scenario of all time and someone's saying, hey, you have to give me a dark horse team right now, like, I, I guess I just blurt out Illinois, right? I mean, I, do I think they're going to win? Like, no, absolutely not. But, like, hey, you got Kofi Coburn coming back. And I know that this is not translated to March success at all. Uh, we have Exhibit A this season that just happened exhibit B last season against Loyola. But Hey, like, let, let's say one of their guys shows up shines. Let's say Luke Goody. It's just like a great outside perimeter shooter. I don't know. Like it, Illinois seems like the team in the middle of the packs there or at the back end of the pack, I guess that probably has the most optimism going into next season. Should Coburn go back. If he doesn't come back, then like, okay, I just delete this whole Part from the podcast but yeah that's uh, as things stand right now 80 to 1 in illinois not, I, i'd throw a shekel on that why not let's let's get nuts let's uh one dollar to win 80 just to feel something in march nate yeah i had a I, first name that came to mind for me was indiana for the same reason i mean it's 66 yeah. to 1 just like michigan state is but again if they get trace jackson davis back there's sure. more optimism coming with that team just value wise those numbers are gonna yeah. I mean, just like we went over, they're they're going to get better. If that happens, you can get in or potentially get in at, at I guess, the low point right now. Uh, sure. Matt, do you really think Vegas is going and changing these numbers because of the failures in the March Madness tournament, specifically for the Big Ten? I've always thought of Vegas as by the numbers, doing things based yeah. on what happens in each individual game and what each team shows, not really yeah. flexing things based on something as big picture as, Oh, the big Ten's just bad in the tournament. In reality, it's probably like 2% of the reason <laughs> it's probably <laughs> the, all the great talent leaving the conference uh, is probably the 98% of it, but uh, right. Yeah. I just, yeah, this is how I just cope with big 10 struggles. I just have to joke about it. And it's like, oh my God, we got what it was Purdue and Michigan in the sweet 16 was, was that it? Am I missing a team here? Or no, that was it. Two out of nine. Was, that was it. Uh, okay. And one of them got to the sweet 16 because they got to play Rick Barnes in the second round. And like, that's essentially a buy game going right there. If I could just get a jab at Michigan sweet 16 <laughs> run really quick. And then number two is Purdue has the table set for them. They play a 15 seed and then, uh-oh, <laughs> you got peacocked, and uh, they're just ushered out. So it's like the most embarrassing, like, Sweet 16 run or flame out that you could imagine is letting the first 15 seed to the first ever Elite Eight. Like, and I, I carry some extra, not anger, um, frustration maybe, but uh, because I, I had Purdue winning the whole thing like a <laughs> sucker because I'm an idiot. And, uh, yeah, so maybe a little bit of the, the passion for Purdue getting – 
peacocked out of the tournament comes from that. I'm still not over that. Would I have won my bracket pool if they won the whole thing? Of course not. No, it was carnage all over the bracket. But like, still, I would like you to go further than the Sweet 16 next time. It was one of the more embarrassing losses because <laughs> one, one just, I mean, 15 seeds aren't built to do that second weekend, right? No. I mean, if no. you get those two games in, that's fine. Then you're in the sweet 16. You have your parades that week. That's it. You, yeah. you, made, you did it. And then yes. <laughs> they come in and the second side of it is just produce so huge. And St. Peter's is so not huge. And you just looked I, at I it and you saw it. like, okay, it was still like a, the Purdue line was at like 12, 13 points. Even when I thought St. Peter's has at least proved itself a little bit more than that. And it, but you like, you're I, like, I know. you can't blame them. Purdue's huge. St. Peter's can't do this. And right. yeah, it was uh, that combined with what's now three out of 18 bids in the sweet 16 in the last two years. Uh I, I said it on Locked On today. I th- it made it more, whichever conference it was that went winless in this tournament, it made it easily the bigger headline than that. But anyway. Uh, uh, that would be the Mountain West, I believe, because uh, I I ride the Mountain West <laughs> like like a $3 mule. The, they are, oh, my God, I, I hate the Mountain West. I want them banished from the NCAA because every single year they just waste our time in the NCAA tournament. I could kill 15 more minutes just ranting against the Mountain West, but that wouldn't make sense here in the Lockdown Big Ten podcast. So I will uh, take a step no, back. Not and, quite. Uh, you do that. You do that on your own time play. over at Locked On. That's Spartans, a good point. <laughs> yeah, which true. you should be subscribing <laughs> to as soon as you're done over here at Locked On Big Ten. Matt Sheehan's there every single Monday through Friday, keeping you up to date on everything going on with Michigan State. We'll talk to you again next week, Matt. And of course, best of luck the rest of the day to James Pyatt as he tries to navigate through Augusta too here. That's right. We're going to riot for Pyatt, baby. Let's go. That's uh, <laughs> something a, a Twitter follower hit me with. That is uh, just sensational. So, Nate, this is great. That's really hey, good. That's see really your beautiful good. face next week, my man. Let's go. <laughs> Talk to you then, Matt. Thanks again for coming on. Well, if you're someone who listens to sports podcasts, you might be someone who also puts some money on sports as well. And if you are a sports betting guy, there is no better place for you to go than betonline.net. It's the best place for all of your information going into games, actually putting money on those games, and getting all sorts of different varieties of bets out there too, so you can make sure that you've got yourself covered across everything. Head on over to Bet Online now to see what I'm talking about. they got a really nice website, and if you've been betting on sports online for a while, you know that's not always the case, but they've got it taken care of over there. they got you taken care of over there. It's where the game starts at Bet Online. Back in wrapping things up on Locked On at Big Ten. Thanks for making the show your first listen every single weekday. Thanks again to Matt Sheehan for joining us of Locked On Spartans. Again, give his show a follow as soon as you're done here. Uh, One thing, of course, we have to get to before we go. We had a nice long talk with Matt. But before we leave, Minnesota and Michigan both fell in the Frozen Four yesterday. The Big Ten hockey season is over with no representatives in the championship game after we went into yesterday thinking maybe, just maybe, we could get an all-Big Ten championship for the hockey title. Instead, it was a couple of heartbreaking losses. Minnesota got off to a 1-0 lead early on Minnesota State Mankato, but then it was a five-goal unanswered run to knock the Gophers out of this tournament. Five to one, the final score in that game. Meanwhile, Michigan took on Denver. Two teams went into overtime, 
And then Denver scores a game-winning goal, of course, in overtime to end the Michigan season as well. Final score in that game, 3-2. So a couple of really, really tough losses for Big Ten fans to take. It's been a tough month for Big Ten fans, to be honest, over the last 30 days. But uh, of course, we'll have all sorts of really good seasons coming up. More to talk about recruiting is picking up as well. We've got a lot to get into as we get into the offseason for some of our major sports. And of course, just get started up and you're getting towards Big Ten play and stuff like baseball, softball, things along those lines. We'll get into all of it and more next week right here on Locked On Big Ten.